Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Here we are. Back, you know, this this, this is, we're not in September yet. I'm not liking the summer. Summer kind of sucks. No, summer was good. What are no, you talking about, man? We were so apart, though. Yeah, it was awesome. We have been so... Felt, it was not awesome. Oh, are man, you kidding it felt me? So good. You just got done telling me. I really me. needed some you space. You just got done you know? telling me. I felt me, like man. we needed a break. All I needed was my fofo. You just told well, me that. I didn't that say that. What are you talking 10 about? 10 minutes ago. No, yes, get you out said, of here. I was looking so forward Dude, to being with I my fofo. I am not codependent on you. You are so I am codependent. I am not... I don't know who mentioned codependency here, but somebody did. You are. I am not... This is... It's okay, Joe. Yeah. All I know is that admitting you have a problem is I don't the have, first I don't step have a problem. I have to a solution. addiction recovery. I do not have a problem. I have a solution, and his name is Jimmy Fofo. Oh. <laughs> um, it's been one of those weeks, one of those months. Man. We're finally back. We're back. We're here. We're sustained for a time. And well, September, I just went through the whole calendar during staff meeting. You weren't here. So oh, I, I, wasn't here. I actually did the staff meeting. Wait, hold on. You did? Yeah, of course. I always do it when you're gone. No, well, not always. We had a stand-in. Uh, okay, couple. Pastor Brian did it a couple times, but but generally when you're gone, I do it, and I just do exactly what you do. I just, you know, um, exactly not a, what well, I do. I do what you do. I don't do it as well. There you go. Perfect. Okay. That's the way there we need go. to make sure we understand, or uh, as thorough. Uh, it's. I definitely do it as thorough. Really? We, go, we actually go day by day. That's what we do. What I no, do. No, no, you skip over whole days. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. If there's nothing on that calendar, yep. I skip. Oh, okay, it. So you you go. You'll oh, sit yeah. there and say, oh, the 18th, nothing. That's right. 19th, 19th? Nothing. And if you look at the 19th carefully, uh, there's nothing there. Okay, just double checking, triple checking. All right, moving on to Thursday. Uh, well, I am impressed. Okay. I am genuinely impressed with you right now. But I realized that September might be the most chill month of the year. Yeah. There is not a lot of extra stuff going on. Not much on. going on. So September, I'm, October? I didn't look. No, October's looking way, pretty good. That's way in the future. That's, October's that's looking like pretty good DeLorean stuff. I'm not, November, though. Yeah, November is going to be not busy, but we'll be away for a bit. Yeah, we got a lot going on. We got a lot going on. Well, my wife is going to be gone in September. She's going to be going to travel a couple places, preach. But I got built-in babysitter, Catherine. Yeah, so we're good. So what's going November? We're heading to New Zealand. Oh, that's what you were doing. That's what I was trying were to you, lead into. Were you into. trying to lead into it? I was it? trying to lead into it oh, yeah. so we can help promote and then I just, yeah. a great conference that's All happening right. in Wellington, New Zealand. Michael, I want you to know I did my job. I did my job. I set up the JoJo, oh, wait, so you're, but the JoJo failed. You know, sometimes you, sometimes I feel like you have a job, but you don't think you have a job. You know, I feel like sometimes you're like, that's not my job. I hate you so much. <laughs> it's an inside joke. All right, so <clears throat> there is... The greatest conference that's going to happen on the wrong side of the world. Um, Wait, what? Called... The greatest conference is going to happen on the wrong side of the world? Yeah, well, we're on the right side of the world. Well, we're America. So, so America's the so right side of the world. Any, but hold on, though. Is every conference that happens that is going to be the greatest if we're there? So next year, the greatest conference is going to be here. But in the best part of the world. In the best part of the world. Yeah. So the greatest conference in the worst part of the world new, is Wellington, New Zealand. Is Wellington, New Zealand. Got now, it, Wellington, it. New Zealand is the best part of the, of worst, the worst part, part of, of the world. world. Yes. You're the best of the worst. Yeah. <clears throat> gotcha. So uh, love, we love Wellington, New Zealand. We love, the, we love everybody over there. Australia, New Zealand, all those people, all those brothers and sisters are awesome. And the Doctrine and Devotion Reformation 500 Conference is mm. happening. And we saw the logo. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It man. looks good. I, I'm impressed. Jordan Singer. Bam. Is Bam. it Sanger or Singer? Uh, I thought it was Sanger. Man, I forget. I know. I thought it was, I, but I was just going to let you do your Jordan. thing. 
I know Jordan. I, like, I talk to him all the time. You know what? Singer. It is Singer. All right. Singer. So Jordan, uh, Jordan Singer, uh, guy that uh, designer designed that for us, a friend of ours, a uh, guy at Redeemer. So anyways, uh, that conference is awesome. You need to follow the link in the show notes. Head over to that thing. You definitely need to go. Now, I know if you're in the States, that seems like probably an impossibility, mm-hmm. but it's not technically an impossibility. Uh, you can make it happen. All right, so like take the take a little bit about take like two grand out of your kid's college fund. Oh my goodness! Buy its plane don't, ticket. Don't do that. And don't do this. Get a hotel don't do this. and then just this come is a on terrible down. Terrible idea. They, don't do guy, it. Yeah, you put it back. You can no, put you it back later. Have, do you ever put it back later? Oh, we don't have a college fund. See, what are you talking about? Right, because you took it all out. <laughs> I'm always going to New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. So all of our friends in Australia, we hope that you'll come out for this Reformation 500. Yep. It's Who's speaking? To, we got Jim, we got, the man Renahan. Jim, the man Renahan. Jim, not the man Fowler. Jim, not the man Fowler. And me. And then and. Jojo Baggins. That's right. <laughs> it's got to be. That's your homeland there. I know. So yeah, Joe's speaking four times. I'm speaking three times. Jim's uh, Dr. Renahan is speaking three times. Technically, you're speaking four times because you're preaching at the church. I'm you're preaching, preaching at Grace I know, but I'm, I'm for the conference, I'm speaking yeah. three times. Yeah, but, and then you, I'm, but you're there. And then you're going to be pre- preaching. Yes, I'm preaching on that total. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I was shocked. I would have thought he would have asked you and or... The, the Renahan. Oh, he did. He asked us first. Oh, you guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. We gotcha. were like, no. All I know is this. Even though I'm the worst of you three, I still bumped out Dr. White. Oh, yeah. yeah. I still bumped. He was part yeah. of it last year. Right. And then they said, we want a better James. Yes. And went with me. Yeah. They went from James the Lesser to James the Greater. Bam. That's, That's what happened. Very so biblical. November 10th and 11th, Wellington, New Zealand. Hit up Facebook or Evite. Acts 29. Show notes. Just do, hit just our do show, notes. show notes. We got links. I actually don't know the Evite uh, uh, yeah, URL. Yeah, so. eh, you know, the New Zealanders are not, they're not that web savvy. I, you know, what are we talking about today, Joe? Hey, man, we're going to talk about the power of God. There we go. The power of God to increase your bank account so you no, can come that's not what to we're New Zealand. No, if you no. just sow that seed, there's no seed faith, sowing. There's you no, just sow that seed, no that faith deposit. Seed sowing. You send us $5. There's no the prosperity. Lord will multiply. No. Tenfold no. into your account. No, we're going to talk about the real power of God. Oh, and um, and it's interesting. The power of God is oftentimes demonstrated in poverty, um, and for a real purpose. Right? A lot of peas in there. A lot of um, peas. Yep. Good job. Didn't mean to do that. So we uh, we actually thought this would be fun to kind of run through. Uh, this is something that I, I spoke on recently, um, just in part at at a, at a conference and then at, at our church, um, and this idea of the power of God what it is and yeah. how it works and why we need it. Because most of us, when we're looking at uh, the things that God calls us to do, mm-hmm. the the responsibilities that we have, but everything from something as simple as forgiving those who sin against you, yeah. like loving those people who sin against you, mm-hmm. to I want you to go and plant a church, to um, I want you to have kids like th- think about the things that God might call you to do yeah. in your life uh, to be content where you are these things sound really hard at times they sound impossible I think they are and in times they are impossible you know right? it, it's like how how could I uproot and move my entire family to some remote area to plant a church especially like in Canada Canada or wherever a Hulkley's going Utah where's that guy going he's going somewhere oh, can we say yeah, it's online. Did he say yes, Salt Lake it's City? Online. Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ridgeline, yeah, Ridgeline more, Church. He's more, got, more. Uh, oh, Ryan, you're calling it Ridgeline? Ridgeline. Actually, the logo looks nice. I think it looks very nice. Uh, Ridgeline it looks better than ours. It looks Why better than our half Redeemer one. What, what about what's Ridgeline? Ridgeline. Ryan, we didn't talk about this. Why is it Ridgeline? Probably Ridgeline because of the mountains. 
the mountain ranges. It, it's actually really nice. It's a nice logo. I think Ridge very, line. Ridge line. Yeah. Ridge line. Because that's what it's called. It that sounds one. like a publisher. When you're going up the. It sounds like it sounds like a vanity publisher. A vanity publisher? Yeah, like you pay them five thousand and they'll publish All right, so your book. Either way, we're just. Gonna, All right. but listen, I would go to Ryan's church would, even no, with it being called Ridgeline because Ryan's even, awesome. But even something like that, though, right? Like when you're uprooting your entire family to move into this area to plant a church. Yeah, think about how impossible. Like why? Okay, so let, let, let's, let's deal with this on the front end. Um, there's there's good theology, there's bad theology, and there's stupid theology. Uh, stupid theology is stuff like God would never call you to do something that you don't have the ability to do. That's stupid theology yeah. because God calls us to do things we can't do all, all the time. time. All the time. Yep. To uh, manifest and to show his power. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you you cannot keep God's law perfectly. You, no. You can't. You cannot love perfectly. You cannot serve perfectly. You are a sinner. And so God calls you to do things that you cannot do. But when he calls his people to do something, he also provides them with divine power Correct. to do that thing. And so when we look at the impossibility of these tasks, it, it, it shouldn't take a whole lot of digging for us to see how they are impossible. Like, why is planting a church impossible? I mean, I see people do it all the time. I see franchises, churches going up. They yeah. like, boom, boom, boom. It's no big deal. It seems pretty easy. Why, is it, why would you say it's impossible? I would say it's impossible in our own power and strength because you are, you are proclaiming the gospel. You are sharing the love of Christ uh, with people who, don't, who do not love Christ and may even hate Christ. Right. Uh, and so if you're trying to do this in your own power, it's really then up to your own, um, your own, I guess, intelligence, how, how clever you can be, um, how, uh, how smooth, I guess, how charismatic you are. Okay. Rather than, um, I guess I'm just saying it's impossible because without God, like, I don't know how to, I'm trying to word it in oh, a way. Oh, you got it. You got it. Let me just follow up. So, okay. So if you have to rely on your own smoothness, your own elocution, yes. your own, um, ability to persuade. It's uh, not how sufficient. much of that? How much of your ability? How much persuasive ability do you have to have in order to convert somebody? I, <laughs> tons. I don't, could you? Could you ever have enough? To, that's to convert? There's no, no way. It's insufficient. It takes divine power to do these things. That's it. That's only the power of God, the Spirit of God, working on the hearts and regenerating an individual so that they would turn and love Christ. All right. So one of my favorite passages in Scripture is Colossians chapter one. Uh, verses 28 and 29. These are the verses that the Lord used to call me into ministry. These were the verses that were burned into my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, they've always been on my heart uh, ever since God brought them to my attention very early on in my Christian life. And um, I believe that this is the essential task of the, the ministry, of the pastor, of the church planter. But it says something very clear to all of us. So in Colossians 1, 28, it says this. Him we proclaim, so that's speaking about Jesus. We preach Jesus, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So the calling, the responsibility, the the duty is to preach Jesus Mm -hmm. with the aim of seeing people become mature. So that includes everything from conversion and sanctification to a place of strength and maturity. Um, Now, that's the goal. That's an impossible goal. Oh, because absolutely. You, we can't present anyone mature, like you were saying, in our own strength. But then he says this in verse 29, For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, yeah. that he powerfully works within me. So we toil, we struggle, we, we, in a sense, will 
nearly kill ourselves. Like we'll yeah. put everything we have into doing this. But even then, we are working with the energy that God powerfully works within us. We can only do what God calls us to do as we rely on his power. Absolutely. I mean, look at what Jesus says uh, in, in Acts 1.8. Mm-hmm. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Right. So we need the power of God to... To witness. Right. Just to, just just to tell to share, the truth yeah, about Just to Jesus. share the gospel. We need the power of God uh, in to boldly and clearly proclaim his good news. So God calls us to, to, to share the gospel... Um, to be as witnesses, and I think a part of that implies like to 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 not just bear witness and tell the truth, but to tell the truth and see people come to know Christ. Yeah. So God wants us to go to the ends of the earth, and we are now there. We're all at the uttermost parts of the earth. We're not in Jerusalem and Judea mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. most of us. Um, so we are in the uttermost parts parts of the earth, uh, put here by the will of God, by the sovereign care of God, to be the witnesses. And who? I mean, goodness sakes! Like, let's just be honest. Most people, most Christians, don't want to talk to people about Jesus. Oh yeah, it's 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 awkward at times, right? Like right. not only awkward, I think that because people are fearful. They're fearful of their opinions, they're fearful of maybe what kind of repercussions yeah. they may uh receive after that. Some people are just flat out lazy, man. They just don't want to do like I ain't got time for that. I want to just chill. I want to rest. And maybe for some people they just don't grasp the good news. Yeah. You know well, what I mean like at the I think they understand it. Maybe uh, I, I shouldn't say understand it, but there's some level of grasping it on an intellectual level, but the sure. heart has not been captivated by the love of God. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's all these reasons why we don't want to do it. And in the end, uh, for a lot of people, it's just like, uh, there is something that holds us back. Yeah. And we are weak. Like the, but here's the thing the God gives us power to be as he doesn't just say, "Hey, here's your responsibility. Go do it. Yeah, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it." He says, "Do it." He says, "This is what I'm calling you to do, and I'm going to give you the power to actually be effective in doing it." So it doesn't matter like how eloquent you are, how long you've yeah. been a Christian. It doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. Like God can use you to do this thing that you don't think you're very good at, and most of us aren't very good at. Like one of the greatest principles that I've learned over the years is that God uses our screwed up presentations of yeah. the gospel to save people. He used Finney's to save some people, He and he can use mine to save some people, right? We all screw it up in different ways and at different times. Sometimes you actually know it. Man, I really I really dropped the Yeah, I really here. botched that one, you know? And then God still goes to work. He still, yeah, he still uh, is, he still is all powerful despite us, right? All right, so we need the power of God to to bear witness. And yep. one of the verses that I was thinking of uh, is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, and you, a lot of you guys know this. Most of you know this. Um, in 2 Corinthians 10. Obviously. It's so obvious. Obviously. Uh, this is where Paul starts to talk about spiritual warfare. And he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. What are strongholds? We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. We're we're talking about spiritual warfare here. God calls us to war, not to pacifism, 
right? Uh, we are all about nonviolence as much as possible in the world, but mm-hmm. when it comes to the spiritual life, we are called to violence, spiritual violence yeah. against what? Uh, not against people, but against ideas, against thoughts, but against these things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of Christ. Correct. And so we are just not, we do not have what it takes. We are not special ops uh, Navy SEALs uh, when it spiritually we are frail and weak, and the, the task is impossible. But God gives us power to take those thoughts captive. Now, think about this. When we're engaged in spiritual warfare, it is fundamentally a fight against unbelief and a fight for faith. Mm. It is a fight against unrighteousness and a fight for righteousness. That's fundamentally what it is. Spiritual warfare is this spiritual battle that rages in us against the devil, the world, and the flesh. But think about this. Um, we can't overtake the devil on our own strength. We certainly mm-hmm. can't overcome the world in our own strength, but we can't even overcome ourselves. If our spiritual warfare is fundamentally battling ourselves, right? if we're supposed to take every thought captive, our thoughts captive, those, those strongholds that exalt themselves against the knowledge of Christ, how do you beat you? Like, how do you? Mm. How do you? You can't beat you because yeah. you're you. That's it. <laughs> it's equal. Uh, but with the power of God, we overcome the old self, we overcome our own flesh. Um, so th- this power for spiritual warfare, like the, the, we ought to be very amped up and, and ready to go, ready to fight, labor, toil, struggle in spiritual warfare. But we labor, toil, and struggle with confidence because we know it's not our strength that's going to ultimately allow us to win. It's the power of God in us. This is a this is really important, right? To bear witness to the truth mm-hmm. in the world and then to fight spiritually against unbelief and unrighteousness in our own hearts and in our own lives. But then it goes uh, further, right? right? Uh, the hope that we have. And so you look at uh, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Like for a lot of us, even in the midst of this, right, as uh, when it comes to witnessing or when mm-hmm. it comes to warfare, it, we become despairing. Yeah. It becomes discouraging, at least for uh, for me in, in my failure uh, in warfare or in my failure uh, in in witnessing um, become to feel kind of like what is going on, what is happening, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and even just not only in, but even just in the day to day, what's going on in our lives, what's going on in our families, what's going on in our work, what's going on um, with our friends. Like you, you begin to feel that and see that. Uh, you lose hope. You lose hope. And at least for me, anyways, I start to think, man, what's going on? What's happening? What's it's never going to work out? It's never going to work gonna, out. Yeah. It's I, you know, I'm gonna it's just going to be another mess up. Right. And yet, see here, uh, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in. Believing, just like Joe mm-hmm. said in that warfare part, uh, it's a fight for belief, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. That trust that it's not in my power uh, to get these things done, but my hope is in the One who has conquered all. Right, and it's and th- this hope isn't something that we muster up. No, it's like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig I'm gonna deep. Hope better today. I'm gonna dig deep and mm. grab that hope. No, no, it's the power of the Holy Spirit yeah. that enables us to abound in in hope. Now, here's the thing: hope, hope is not um, uh, optimism. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, optimists are annoying. Uh, yeah, right? they get they get annoying pretty quick. Yeah, they're they're pretty annoying. Oh, hey, hey, optimist, 
Stop it. Stop. Oh, stop, stop that. Stop, ha- stop being optimistic? Yeah, because it's unrealistic. Stop it's that. It's unrealistic? Yeah. Okay. Oh, everything's going to be fine. Hey, man. I guess there's a difference hey, between hope and optimism. this is the optimistic. biggest boat yeah. in the world that's ever been made. Look at this. Like, uh, let's go ride that boat. And then, uh, yeah, Titanic sinks. Oh, gosh. Okay, so like, way to be optimistic. Is- you can't just be optimistic. <laughs> you got to be realistic. But <laughs> optimism is just like pretending that everything or hoping that everything, wishing, it's wishing, it's well-wishing. That's not, that's not hope. Biblical hope is the assured anticipation of, of God, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's the assured anticipation that God will bring to pass what he has said. Yeah. Right. It's this confidence in the plan and the work of God. That's hope. So now when we're looking at our, 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 our marriage or our ministry or our personal lives, um, the lack of hope not only uh, leads to discouragement. You said you used the word despair, Jimmy. Yeah. And what does that do? That leads us to giving up or to, to, or to right. true sabotage to just destruction. Um, but it's the spirit, right? We can have we can be hopeful people better. Who want don't, don't be an optimist. Be hopeful. Mm. You could be hopeful. You could be the person that has supreme confidence in what God is going to do. That's better than optimism. Yeah. And it's more certain than optimism. Absolutely. All right. One other aspect of the power of God that uh, I think is really important is that of endurance, right? Because, you know, we're called to witness, we're called to war, we're called to hope, but all of those things are the call for the long haul, right? Like we have to, we need to continue to persevere and we have to persevere in the face of opposition. We have to persevere in the face of temptation and difficulty. And so what Paul shares in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 is, is really good. Um, this is where Paul's talking about what he calls the thorn in the flesh. Ha ha, thorn. Thorn in the flesh. rose has its thorn. Um, so Paul's talking about this affliction that he has that um, that is truly painful and, and very humbling. And he's, he, he says he asks God to take it away, and God says no. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, just verses 8 and 9, says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it, this thorn, should leave me. But <laughs> I've tried five times. Yeah, it ain't, it ain't going to happen. God's going to keep the thorn yeah, right God's where it belongs. Yeah, keeping the thorn with me. Gosh. But God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, God, I, I want to be set free from this affliction, from this difficulty. Will you please, please, please take it away? He says he prayed three times. I don't think that means he, he threw it up three times, like uh, in three different days. I think he pleaded with God for three periods of time. I think he really prayed. He really sought the Lord here. Mm. And uh, God's answer was, no, no. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and the reason is because I want you to experience my power, and my power is perfected in your weakness. Yeah. So we have the ability to endure, not innately, but as it is given to us by God. And that power is most frequently realized and fully experienced in the context of weakness and frailty. That way, when we are at our weakest, when we cannot trust in ourselves, it is obvious to not just us, but to everyone else around us, wow. That's the power of God. Yeah. Because who, I mean, that, that boy can't handle that. No, no. Jimmy can't do that on I, his own. And Joe I, can't I, handle I that. I often can't. I often don't. <laughs> as we've, as we've so seen when we recently. do, when we do, yeah. it is, it is the power of God in us. This is, um, this is really huge. And Jimmy, really what we're saying here is like, how does God get his power to us, right? Like, so is it just plug and play? Uh, you know, what, 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 how do we get the power of God? Do we name it and claim it? In one sense, all of, not all, but mo- much of the, the references to the power of God in Scripture 
connects it to his word. Yeah. It connects it to the gospel. Yeah. The power of God is almost always connected to the ministry of the word, the gospel message itself, because really the power of God is, is Jesus. Is Jesus, right? I mean, you see it in in 1 Corinthians, right? Uh, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Boom. Boom. Bada bam. That Jesus is the power of God, and we are in Christ by yes. faith. We're united to him, and, and we are seated with him, and we have every spiritual blessing in him. The, if Christ is the power of God, as demonstrated, yeah. he is our hope, he is our strength, um, this is what enables us to witness warfare, hope, and endure. And it, and so, like when I think about this, and as you know, as, as guys in, in in ministry, we have to talk to people, and a lot of what we do is we encourage people who are disheartened yeah. or discouraged. We have to help people who um, want to give up, and so when they're facing the impossible, when they when they're when they are discouraged, I like to ask them, "So, what is it that seems impossible to you? Mm. What is it that God is calling you to do that you just think you can't handle?" And it could be anything, right? It could be. Listen, the, your your fascination with or addiction to pornography or that relationship with that person that has really tied you up and ensnared you. Um, it could be bad habits and sinful things like gossip um, or lying. You could be stealing from work and like, how can I ever stop this? Or maybe you realize like, wow, what I have to do is I have to confess this. Yeah. I have to confess what I've done to my employer. And that seems impossible. And I get you. That is impossible. Who wants to do that? But God gives us divine power to actually do these things, to do the things he calls us to do. This is, this is hopeful. Like You can be a better husband. You can be a better wife. You can be a better parent, mm. not just by trying harder, but by being faithful to God and following Jesus in those areas of life and in your vocation. So the power of God is a great reality for those who will lay hold of it. Yeah. Uh, because if you don't, then what are you left with? You're left with... I can't think of what you are. You're left with your own, your own willpower, right? Just, just the responsibility, just the duty. That's all that you're left with. And nobody wants to be left with nothing but a big pile of duty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TalkAtDevo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head out to the website, DoctrineVotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for our email blast or you can hit up the store and grab some merchandise. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Sometimes. Video content on Fridays. Later. Later.